Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 47. I want to say Telemundo 47. <laughs> I'm joined this week and every week with my co-host Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? Lente Loco. Yes, that was the show. Yes, that was yeah. the show. That was the show. I mean, I'm doing I'm doing great. Um I uh I had some I had some fun. Maybe we'll talk about it really quickly. I had some fun yesterday. Um and we'll get into that uh after we uh, acknowledge uh some people in the room, man. It's a great day. How are you? I'm doing okay. I had a All good right. day at work today. I saved I think one life. Oh. Uh, I think I did during my customer service gig. I saved a life today. Wow, man. Uh, which was awesome. A winner uh, is you. A winner is me. I'm holding my arms up. You can't see me, but I'm holding my arms up. Yeah. It, it's working. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had a good day. Uh, that was pretty fun. The week has been really good. Uh, the last episode did really, really well. It's continuing to do well. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been hitting us up, uh, talking to us on the internets, on the social medias and things. And they've been really, really excited for us and about the show. So that's been good. It's been a lot of good vibes going out in the world this week. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Um, let's see. We have a couple of guests on our show this week. One Uh, is not really a guest. Well, well, I just want to say, you know, last episode, shout out to Daniel Kaiser. Well, um, I was gonna, I was gonna oh, get to that in oh, a second. Oh, I was, I was gonna, I'm, I was gonna I, round listen, about. I'm, I'm always co-opting shit. I'm sorry, my fault. Go, go ahead, ahead, Cap. Can, can, go ahead, you got it. Oh, I oh, love I'm you. Sorry. It's all right. Shout, shout out to shout out to Daniel Kaiser. <laughs> um, he's awesome. The the retro video gaming magazine. He's the EIC. Is awesome. Uh, thanks a lot for everything that he did. Um, yeah, yeah. DK and, uh, is always awesome yeah, to have DK on the show. Is, DK, DK is, is great. Um, but equally as awesome are my New York Islanders that beat oh, his God. New York Rangers. Oh, God. So, let's go is Islanders. See, we'll, we'll, we'll actually speak about a little bit of sporty, sporty things uh, once we, once we uh, really tell who our, who, our, who our big guest is this week. Um, but we're going to bring in Reef, who is always here. It's like he stays in the basement but just pops up. He's oh, on the desert. I thought I was the big guest. Right. You are the you. Uh, it is Sharif Jackson. Right. You're Brunson. not a guest though. Brunson, no. you, guys, you, go, you go right Jackson. to the fridge. You can get to get your own drink. Cool. No, no. I, I am. I, I am very glad to be here. Always good to hang out with y'all, to talk some games, and uh, you know, very excited about this show. Um, so definitely ready to get it in with y'all. Well, yeah. Happy New Year, man. Thank you. Oh, that's right. This is this the first one that you've been on yeah. since the new year. Yes, yeah. it is. Damn. See, it is. the funny thing is, like, because I, I always feel like you're in the room anyway. Like, uh, the somebody's watching me video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're I taking feel, a feel, shower, his eye is there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're always behind me. So, oh my god, I sort of am. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, like, sort of am. Like, like the cousin who just comes over and just puts right. his feet on your couch and just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, just drinks your beer. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. So, so our guest this week. Um. Once I see, it's hard to it's hard to kind of get this out without feeling all nervous and stuff. Because usually I get really nervous when we have big guests, and now I'm really like extra nervous this week. Uh. So I'm gonna try to work through it. I'm not gonna say that I'm nervous anymore. But you know, when we started the show, we had a lot of folks on our super secret guest list that we have already told to you about four or five, four or five times already. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> And there's been 
the folks who are on that list who who are folks that we had as guests, but there are also folks on that list who who we want to have as guests who kind of influenced the the way that I've decided that you know when I wanted to try to do some podcasting, like who are the people who I wanted to emulate or to to who I had as people I looked up to in the business. Uh, it's like Ryan, da- the late Ryan Davis, who was awesome uh, over at the Giant Bomb Bomb Squad, uh, Giant Bombcast. Uh, Garnett Lee, who who I loved uh, from the One Up days, and, and we can confirmed. Uh, and this gentleman who is on our show for the first time, uh, former guest of Totally Rad Show, uh, former former CNET anchor for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. What what other what other things are going on? Uh, DLC co-host on the Five by Five Network. Yeah, shout and, out to Isometrics. Shout, shout out to Isometric and crew. And and also co-host uh, of one of the hottest podcasts that's been out for a while. It's getting lots and lots of burn. Lots of people love right. it. Uh, Jeff Kanata, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. What an introduction that is. I uh, I'm so honored, um, Sharif. I I can't claim to be bigger than you. I I think you, <laughs> I, I've never met you in person, but I'm sure that you are bigger than I am. I'm I'm a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> the question the question is have you introduced Neil deGrasse Tyson? Never. Never. I would I would I would kill to do that. There you go. Sharif Look at that. is the only person here who has. I guess I've won up Jeff in in a one thing. It's yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I well, well I'm I'm super honored to be here. That's really a nice thing to say and and uh I I'm very curious about this life saving that you did. Did you you saved a life today? I well so I work I work at the uh, I work at idealist.org. So it's like a job board basically well folks will just call in randomly and they will they'll give some uh you know just ask random questions about what we do and and how the site works and things like that so i'm the guy you call when you're like i can't get my listing and posting up uh so i'm one of those dudes uh so i had a woman who called in and she was calling from a foreign embassy uh and she was she sounded like she had some issues going on in her personal life um and talked about um towards the end of our conversation um committing suicide Oh my God! Wow. So, I sat on the phone with her for an hour or so and wow. talked her down. Um, and it was—I mean, unfortunately, I've had to do that with a with a, a personal friend um, once before. Um, so weirdly, I was prepared for it, uh, but it was it was surreal to wow. say to say the least. Uh, so you know, hopefully she's okay. You know, if you are having thoughts about suicide or anything that you uh are worried about anything that you have any any qualms or personal issues that you're going please seek help uh please do that as, as as immediately as you possibly can you know there are hotlines out there for folks um it was it was the second it was the second suicide call since i've been at that job Jeez. wow and you would think that it wouldn't be something where people would call that particular kind of helpline for that, but people are reaching out in different ways, and that was the one way that this this young lady um, was reaching out. So I'm, I'm lucky. Luckily, I was there to be there to catch that call. So I'm, I'm happy, and hopefully, hopefully, she'll be okay. You're my hero, awesome. man. Yeah, that's great, man. Good, good. Sometimes it's just a, it's just some human contact is is all that somebody needs, and and kudos to you for being being that human. You know, for giving her a little humanity. It takes a minute. It takes a minute to do it. I mean, well, not a minute in this case, but it takes a minute to just step out and step out of yourself and say, hey, you know, we're all kind of in this together. So, you know, we try to figure that out. And and that's the way that works. So, yeah, Um, that's a really difficult transition. (laughs) Ricardo is proud of you, sir. 
Yeah, no, man. no worries, man. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't deserve any praise for that. That's just being human and looking out for people, man. Um, so, so Jeff, I, I forgot to, to, to mention the actual podcast that we, that, 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 that you are on besides the OC, which is we have concerns. Um, we have concerns. I have to say, man, I, I was, I was worried. I was scared for you when, <laughs> when, cause I've been a, I've been a big fan for a long time. So I'm, I'm from the whole weekend confirm crew, oh, man. uh, as, as a listener for a long time. Um, a, a fan of your your demo reel on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, I mean, you 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 survived the the Coors Light train. You got a kiss on the Coors Light train. Trans- uh, <laughs> I did. You know that that kiss wasn't in the it wasn't in the script, man. That was that was uh, oh, spur of the moment kind of deal. Shit. Yeah, I'm just saying. super sexy Jeff. Just getting the kiss. I, you know, <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. Sometimes when the Coors Light train is coming through, <laughs> you just gotta act. <laughs> oh you pulled the george you poured you right there kiss the girls and make them cry uh so so yeah i've been a fan for a long time and um the the interesting thing was i was like you know we can confirm this ending you know what's going to happen now i know you had newest latest best that you started for a little for a little bit yeah uh and, and ran ran through that for a second um how have things been going for you? It sounds like things are going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was it was uh, uncertain there when the totally rad show ended, and uh, we can confirm sort of ended all within a few months of each other. And um, we, you know, went through the newest, latest, best, and and I still have hopes that that show will will continue on in some way at some point. But um, I'm very happy. DLC is going great. We're talking video games over at Five by Five TV, and. Um, that show just hit its one year anniversary a couple of weeks ago, and oh, um, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, proud of that. I do that with Christian Spicer, and um, and then we have concerns launched in August, and that's uh, myself and Anthony Carboni, who are both uh, Revision Three alums, and mm-hmm. that was uh, something very different, as you said. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I was worried too when we started it because I didn't know. You know, it was very outside our wheelhouse, but we wanted to try something new and unique and different, and. Um, People have have seemed to to dig it, so um, I'm real proud of it. It's a comedy show. We talk about weird, like science stories and sociology stories and psychology stories, and then we try to make it funny. So uh, yeah, people have been enjoying it. It's, it's only 20 minutes, three times a week, so it's real bite sized and, da- and uh, digestible. So yeah, I'm proud of it. Yeah, I was I was when I heard that you and because I, I had known of uh christian spicer for for a while because of the show and i, I always liked the, the the kind of banter that you two had because it's kind of like big brother little brother you know on both <laughs> sides where you both reverse it and give each other nuggies and then yeah talk about talk about games for a bit <laughs> but the but and i knew that that i knew that that was going to work when you guys had that because you already had a, a really great report on on uh we can confirmed and stuff carboni was a wild card for me <laughs> first of all he had the best beard in the game and then he ch- and then he chopped it off but that guy can grow that thing back in like a half a second, man. He just concentrates real hard and poof, it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I was like, oh, shit, he cut his beard. Because I was trying to like match beards at that, at that point. I was like, all right, when Carboni drops his beard, I'll drop my beard. And I dropped my beard as soon as he did it. But but the show that you guys have, we can confirm. I'm oh, not we can confirm. I'm sorry. Uh, we have concerns. Is a little bit like you said. It's it's a little bit different in the way that you guys are going about things. Like last episode, I like I am not going to touch the gimpy gimpy plant. Yeah, get away from that thing, man. You do not want to touch uh, the gimpy gimpy plant. So, so for the folks who so for the folks who didn't uh, listen to the episode yet, and you should listen to the episode. 
Can you give a little synopsis of what that part of that conversation is? Because it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, this is a real plant. The idea behind We Have Concerns is that um, we find stories, or actually more common now is that listeners send us stories uh, Mm -hmm. of bizarre, strange, or interesting, fascinating science things or nature. This happened to be a a National Geographic-type story about this plant called the gimpy gimpy that is a native of australia and it wants to kill you it's a plant that looks very (laughs) normal there's not there's no thorns or spikes or scary stuff it looks like a normal beautiful big leafed little plant but it is the most poisonous plant on the planet and that people who have been who have just brushed up against this plant have committed suicide because of the pain uh, oh. it's, it's awful and crazy. And so, uh, we did an, all, an episode all about that. And, and, uh, we, you know, we talk about the story, we kind of do little improv bits, uh, playing characters, uh, and it's, it's all about trying to learn something and have a laugh at the same time. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that the podcast has so much energy. It's like at a really high volume, a lot of screaming. <laughs> a lot of that is Anthony. Uh, Anthony has a lot of screaming, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like thanks, it. It's, thanks. It's a nice change. Um, by the, by the way, I, I'll just say, of course that plant is from Australia because everything in Australia is going to try and fucking kill you. That is the, the truth. The, the, the world's deadliest everything yes. is in Australia. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think seven out of the ten deadliest things on the planet all live in Australia. Yeah. It's, it's um, yeah. And it's a beautiful country. I've been there. I've enjoyed yeah. it. But I ain't going out into the forest. I'll tell you that no. right now. No. Yeah, see, like, like, who are the people who are just like, yeah, I'm going to go. And I saw that video that you guys referenced. In, well, the guy's the like, I'm going to touch it right now. I'm going to put my hand right on it. And it's like, don't, just don't, you don't need to prove anything, pal. Don't, you don't, oh, he touched it. Why did he do it? But the thing, but the thing that made me mad was that he put on a big ass hazmat suit and still touched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, he stupid. Was like, I'm going to put, put this. Yeah. Puts on a hazmat suit. First of all, he doesn't cover his hands. No, he doesn't. Or, you know, he's got this mask on, and, he, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to brush up against it. And then he just starts screaming, <laughs> it really hurts. It really, well, yeah, of course. I could have yeah. told you that, man. Yeah, you kind of signed up for it. Yeah. Listen, Australia is like a jackass obstacle course. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. It's like, what just, can you run into, touch, right, or get? Let Steve go out there and just. Do all sorts of crazy shit, you know. I'm surprised he didn't go out ass. there and like not. Hey, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me of my favorite. Actually, well, I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to spoil it for folks if they haven't heard the episode. But there's a there's a. A quote about evolving into things. Anyway, <laughs> which made me which made me snort laugh at work. So thank you for that. Hey, well, I appreciate uh, you listening to it. Yeah, we're I, thanks. I guess we're gonna kind of just dig into some of the stuff that we that we kind of talked about a little bit off cast. Um, I'm going to skip around on our, on our docket a little bit. Um, I know that you guys talked about something that we spoke about actually on our last episode, which was HoloLens. Yeah. And, um, and I know that I am super excited for this. I know C was super excited for this. I hadn't heard anything from Reef yet because he wasn't on that show. Right. Uh, but, but I would love to hear what, what your thoughts are on, on HoloLens because that's the thing that's going to be hopefully coming soon and we'll all be able to kind of mess around with that. But I'm, I'm really excited for it. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be here sooner than than we think. I, you know, they they say in the Windows 10, what do they call it, the time frame or something like that. Right, um, right. I'm hopeful that it'll be this calendar year. I think that'd be great for as a fall release. I'm mm-hmm. 
I could not be more excited about it. I was pitching my wife on this idea the other night. I showed her the video. I'm like, <laughs> honey, this is going to be so amazing. It's going to be like we walk on Mars in our living room. And she's like, uh, it's the it's the downfall of humanity. We're just turning into robots. And I was like, no, but <laughs> don't understand. Um, it, it, I am so ready for this. I feel like it solves all the problems that Oculus has, which – for me, aren't many. I, I was already excited about Oculus, but just the, right. the nausea issue that people experience right. and the sort mm-hmm. of isolation feeling of, of being inside sure. the, this this thing where, you know, somebody could walk up and smack you in the face and you wouldn't even know they were coming. With, <laughs> right. you know, with HoloLens, you're not detached from the actual place that you're you're in. So you don't have any of those issues. And I think, I really think there's so many wonderful opportunities for both gaming and all these other applications, you know, like the, what they were showing with fixing the, uh, fixing the faucet, you know, where the guy was pointing right. out the features and you're actually seeing the actual thing highlighted and, and you know exactly yeah. what screw to turn. All that stuff I think is a big plus. It makes the world a better place. I think this, you know, I think this is like iPhone level change the world. I really do. Mm. I might be drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, but I, I really feel that. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you're, so you're on the AR side of the fence. So last week I was saying that basically there are, you know, of the six major companies in tech, basically there, you know, there's uh, Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft, Sony, uh, Apple, and uh, I, I forgot somebody else, but their player. Oh, Facebook. Duh. Um, so Facebook, Facebook and Sony have the Morpheus VR, Google and Microsoft have, uh, have AR, Mm -hmm. um, with, with HoloLens and, and Google Glass. So, so what you're basically, you're kind of saying that, that AR is, is, has more real world applications for you than VR does at least immediately. I think so. I think that VR is the more exciting technology when it comes to pure gaming. Sure. Uh, when I, you know, being inside a game, having that sensory experience is super cool. Uh, I, having right. messed with the Oculus uh, dev kits a lot, I'm sold on that. I want to do that. I'm excited about those kinds of experiences. But as right. far as a world-changing, uh, you know, use case for anything really I, the idea of being able to pick out the apartment i might want to rent by walking around right. inside it i can mm-hmm. you can do that with vr but it seems so much more practical so much more useful to be able to do that with ar and not right. bump into the actual furniture not you know not right. feel queasy <laughs> when you're when you're you know kind of hovering through the environment i i think i think i'm excited that we're getting both of those realities yeah yeah reef what do, what do you think about hololens I think HoloLens is is uh, really dope technology-wise. Um, the thing that I think about, though, in terms of the impact, and, and I like the example that you brought up, Jeff, about the iPhone, is that, you know, initially when, well, I, I, I guess more the iPod I'm thinking about, but when that iPod initially came out, it was super niche, right? It was super expensive. It, like, only supported Macs. Like, it didn't support, like, regular mp3s and stuff and then like after that niche crowd kind of really got on it that's when it started being able to get broken down to more of a mainstream sort of price and the install base i think hololens to to me at least is kind of going toward that because with the technology in it 
I just cannot see it hitting at any kind of mainstream price that say I could see the Oculus dropping at a price that is, you know, around that iPad ish kind of level. Like, like, like HoloLens looks like a minimum thousand dollar product to me because it's incredible. But you need a computer to use an Oculus, right? I mean, it's not a standalone product. This is this is actually a computer also. So, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 not saying it's not justified. I mean, I think that the price is definitely justified. Well, I mean, there's no official price, but I I think it definitely justifies a high price. I I just I'm just curious about the impact that it can have beyond sort of the people that are already bought into the idea of it, at least initially. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you feel like, um, do you feel like this kind of device would be something that would be an everyday kind of use thing? Do you feel like, cause this is, the, this is what Google glass was trying to do to a certain extent. And this feels like the next iteration the next step or the next leap above what Google Glass was trying to do. Do you feel like this would be something that folks would come home and they'll just like, all right, it's time to put on my, my HoloLens and, and do what I need to do around the house? I think what Microsoft is doing very smartly here is positioning it as a specific function device. So I think they learned, or at least initially, it seems that they have learned from Google what not to do uh, in, right. in the sense of, <laughs> right. you know, Google was very bold and, you know, I think they they were genuine in what they wanted for Google Glass. But the reaction was this weird foreign object that you're going to walk out into the world with and people thought it was strange and they had, you know, the, the initial people who got it kind of gave it a bad name and it just seemed odd and, and made people feel uncomfortable. Right. Microsoft seems to have learned from that and say, hey, th- this is going to happen in your house. It's going to be for specific moments when you need to do something like this. And we here we're going to show you actual applications that will make your life better rather than this vague like, well, wear it out into the world and take pictures of whatever <laughs> and maybe it'll tell you some useful information. No, I think I think I think. Certainly, the potential is there for this to be a go out into the world type thing. Uh, but right. I think they're smart enough to take a baby step and go, put it on when you need to fix the faucet, or put it on when you need to, mm-hmm. you know, when you want to walk on the surface of Mars and have that experience. But right. then take it off. It's not. We're not going to kind of bite off too much right at, right at the beginning there. What, yeah. Jeff, what do you what do you see as the gaming applications for for Hololens? Well, they they showed Minecraft, right? And Minecraft, right, you know, has right. become well. This... They showed not Minecraft, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I th- I think I think honestly, I think gaming in the Oculus or Morpheus is going to be probably more compelling, at least initially. But sure. I do think there's a lot of really cool stuff to be had with uh, a potential Hololens gaming platform. I mean, from what we heard. This was initially going to ship with Xbox One, like that's what they were positioning this device right. as as the right. the game changer for Xbox One. And then Satya right. Nadella said, "No, no, no, let's pull back, and this can be uh, you know a broader application." Um, so I think there's there's still going to be lots of cool ways to you know put on the goggles. And now I don't. It doesn't matter how big my television is. My television is as big as I want it to be. Or, you know, or I look down and, uh, you know, the stuff that I pulled out of the game is sitting there on my counter, you know, on my, on my coffee table and I can manipulate it or it just expands the whole immersion of the world rather than, rather than throwing you into 
a virtual world, which I'm very excited about as well. This is right. expanding the game world into my world. And I think I think they're right. both equally exciting. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this space because folks have been waiting to tap into the Matrix, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like we're kind of getting there. You know, we had we had stuff with the Kinect and the, the what was the name of the Illuma Room? Right. Illuma yeah. Room stuff that they kind of talked about for a hot second and kind of ditched off. And, you know, it sounds like something that Peter Molyneux <laughs> he shared right. and was like, "Nah, we, we we trust you, Peter, but we're not going to do that." No, uh, are you are you playing any any new things out there that that, that are uh, out in the world? Because we're we're going to talk about a little bit about Dying Light in a second. But I was just wondering if you had played any of that. Yeah, or played any any new stuff. I have been playing a bunch of Dying Light. Yes, and yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I like it. Uh, I think it's a pretty game. <laughs> I don't love it. I I think that. Really, 90% of what I don't like about it could have been solved if they just let me pop into third-person mode. Um, mm. I appreciate mm. the idea of wanting to make this first-person game and wanting to make a, a parkour experience in first-person uh, work. And I think they do a lot of things right. But for the most part, I'm just feeling awkward and bumping into things and falling off of stuff and trying to run away from zombies. And, oh, man, I didn't notice there was a zombie right to the right of me because I'm in first-person <laughs> mode, right? Right, um, right. So it does a lot of things well. It just – I just don't – I don't enjoy the experience of being in it because it feels claustrophobic and it feels awkward. And half the time I don't know if I'm going to make that jump or not make that jump. And I fall off of stuff and I break my legs in that game way too often. <laughs> but but there's a it does a lot of stuff right too i think i think it does storytelling really well i think it uh it creates a really interesting world right away and very fast and and um you know visually it's it's really compelling and and i think as i ramp i haven't paid too much of it but as i ramp up and get more powerful i think the game is going to get better and better it's one of those games has a very strong role playing element, so you're you're leveling up. So you start off very underpowered, and it takes like fifty smacks of my you know table leg to kill a zombie. But when I'm running <laughs> around, you know, hacking them down or shooting them, I think it'll be even more fun. Yeah, yeah. I was I was playing some of it. I just started playing it uh, the other day. Um, got a copy in, and I, I I agree with a lot of the sentiments that you just said. I think that they are doing some things really really well that i haven't seen in some games and you know jumping off of the dead dead island uh kind of base and, and foundation they've they've made some really cool improvements mm-hmm. um they made the game much more vertical which i think is really awesome yeah um which adds a lot to it because I, I saw a friend of mine he had posted a picture and he just had like this vista of this open world that was really really big and it showed the expanse so you're like looking out this window and I was like, I can run through all that. That that's awesome. Like I can totally go to anything. Well, for the most part, most of the things that I can see, I can kind of jump around and, and play in that world. I do feel like the combat is still awkward. They haven't really gotten the one to one down. It doesn't feel like I'm doing the things that I should be doing with my body. Mm-hmm. And that feels a little bit off. I, I kind of missed the fact. I haven't checked in the settings to see if they had, uh, like, in Dead Island, where they had, the, like, uh, you can use the analog stick to basically use and hit things at certain angles, basically mimic, mimic your arms moving. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like the, like you said, you don't know, they don't give enough signs to determine, 
you know, the spatial awareness that you would have as a human being in that world. Like right. you do fall off of things and you do break your legs a lot. You do kind of run into walls. You do kind of fall off of things you shouldn't be falling off of. And also I'm like, doesn't this guy know parkour? He busts his ass a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of want to have it like, both ways, right? They want you to be this superhero that can leap and fly and jump. and But they also really want you to be human and fragile and, you know, you like you fall off a building. It's like you fall off a building, you know? But – yeah, it's it's more fun if I didn't get hurt when I fell. Like I have a, zombies to worry about. Don't make me fall. Worry about falling off a building. You know, <laughs> I've just gotten bitten by a zombie in the first two minutes of the game. <laughs> That's the last thing I'm really worried about. Yeah. Like okay, you know, like I'm gonna die anyway if I don't get this these zombie drugs. Right. S- spoiler: zombie drugs. <laughs> um, so I, alert, well, I just mm-hmm. right. I I want to say that really what's happening is. Um, the dying light was actually built with a Luma room in mind. <laughs> so all of those things would have would not have been a problem if Microsoft had just gone ahead with a Luma room like they like they originally had planned. There you go. So many broken problem televisions. Solved. So many broken everything in the house trying yes. to jump over things and right. move around. Dude, I, I do think that there's going to be a point where my kids' generation – I don't have any mm-hmm. kids yet, but – <laughs> they're going to laugh at me and say, you played games on a f- by staring at a flat surface? How ridiculous right, right. is that? Like, they're going right. to think yeah. it's so archaic yeah. and, and boring, right. you know? Like, it's, right. it's all flat? I think, right. you know, I, th- I don't think we're far away from that. Yeah, Isn't I that agree. the amazing part, though? Because I, yeah. I know, so, like, uh, knowing how much you love tech and knowing, you know, how much you are, like, an embracer of new tech, and we're still fairly young, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're still going to see stuff. We've seen stuff in the 30-year period of, you know, I'm 36. So, like, seeing seeing in that 30-year period stuff from Pong to the NVIDIA yeah. demos with people's faces and subsurface light coming through skin and craziness like that. You know, imagine another 10 years right. what yeah. we're going to be able to see and play with. Oh, That's totally going to be so dope. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 yeah. amazing. And, and like you said, I'm you know, our lifetime is the lifetime of video games. And right, right, right. Uh, yeah. it, it's remarkably fast how we've how we've fast and far we've come. Yeah. Um, but it's it, and I'm excited. I, I I feel like I watching the HoloLens presentation this week. I felt like I am just so happy to be alive right now. This is the such yeah. an exciting moment where we've got these technologies. And yeah, okay, we're at the 1.0 version of them, and maybe they're a little clunky, and maybe they won't work exactly as advertised. But it's happening. It's it's just yeah. a matter of time. It really is. Well, I mean, and just just like you said, you know, uh, when you talk about the the iPhone, I mean, when the first iPhone came out what six years ago? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, if someone if someone gave you an original iPhone right now, you kick them in the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why are you know? handing me this I mean, garbage? This is garbage. Right. Right. What is this? Yeah. What is what is wrong with you? Is this a center for ants? You know. What I mean? <laughs> um, but but like. So yeah, I mean, if you can kind of extrapolate just 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 from that just from that perspective, and, and you know, and everyone can kind of understand that analogy, it should leave you excited for what the future could bring. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I th- I think that's what keeps a lot of us going in in this space is because the future is always not that far away in terms of like the next big breakthrough right. or the next big thing, and it's right. always exciting. 
Right. Like it's always. So besides HoloLens, I know I know that you get to to go to lots of different events and see a lots of lots of different things. Is there any other tech that you've seen that's not necessarily super you know out there yet that you're really excited about? Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I'm. I I've seen and used uh the Oculus uh and it it is it is if you haven't had a chance to actually wear it yet it is everything that people have said it it really is mm-hmm. transformatory. I think for them their biggest challenge will be convincing people that it's something without being able to let everyone try it. You know, it's the kind yeah. of thing where a television <laughs> commercial for the Oculus isn't going to convey what it's like. You know, it, it really is going to take people trying it and then telling their friends about it. Um, what what other what else am I have I seen that I'm excited about? Man, that's a that's a great question. I don't know. I'll I'll let you think yeah. on that. And why you think why you think on that? Well, we'll I'll just say that once they get demo units out into the world, I'm going to tell everyone right now: use all the disinfectant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just about to say that because yeah. there's going to be forehead yeah. juice and. <laughs> I sweat all yeah. up in it, and it's yeah. gonna be gross. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, the the last time I was at the Consumer Electronics Show, it was totally like you just had to wipe yourself down with sanitizer, yo, or whatever. But 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 no, like like a Jeff said though, I was sold on the Oculus. Like like the one time where I was like in this game, I I believe it was Half Life Two, and. I was running and I kind of turned my head and can see behind my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. see the person behind me with the sound effects going around my head. I was like, this is, this is, I've never done this before. It's right, so right, true. Right. I was just yeah. talking about this with somebody yeah. else. Who my, I had a friend who went to uh, Pack South and got to see it for the first time. And it, <laughs> he had the same experience I had. The first time you look up, it's like, the first time you look mm-hmm. up in a game and you just look up with your head and you're actually looking up in the game world, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. I get it now. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it really is something special. And, and like I said, we're right, we're right on the cusp of, of it being the th- next thing. And, and it's only going to get better from here. Right. So, Jeff, um, I do this thing called hashtag stubnostications. Um, and the beautiful thing about uh, stubnostications is I'm always right until I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can spin it to make it right. Um, so I would like you <laughs> to hashtag canosticate <laughs> when when I feel, I feel uh, dirty after you just. Hey, said that. listen, you know I, I'll take it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> when when you think the Oculus Rift will be. Um, ready for consumers do you think it'll be this year do you think it you know boy what, I, what, do, what do you think how long will it be before we can actually get a price and start talking about you know demo units rolling out and them being in malls and my like heart that? my heart says this year my head says next year um okay you know my, what right. i want to have happen is it be a 2015 consumer product i fear that it'll be a mid to late 2016 consumer product oh man yeah I'll be really disappointed if it's late wow. 2016. Yeah. So, really, right. though? Well, I can understand, though. But, I mean, yeah. I don't think that... I Like, I even think 2016 is a little bit too it early, might to be. be honest. Yeah, it might be even later than that. Oh, it might be. Man. Yeah, I don't think it's ready for showtime yet. I mean, I mean, if you get if you do get your chance to, to, to actually mess around with it... I mean, I had my last Starf- Starfighter moment 
uh, playing. I forgot the the demo, but it was basically like you're in the last Starfighter. Was it Elite Dangerous and or Eve Online? Eve yeah, Online. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want. Oh, if I can play Elite Dangerous with that, I'd dude, lose you can. My mind. It supports it right now. They were showing it. I don't packs. have it. I don't have a rig. Uh, yeah. I have a MacBook Pro. I can't run it. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm, I'm um, so conflicted because I want to wait for the consumer version. I don't want to buy the the yes. dev kit. But man, it's hard to wait. Man, it, it just it's yeah it's exciting because it it seems like too much money to have to kick out twice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Go ahead, see. So all right. So Jeff. So basically, you're saying is you believe in your heart of hearts that we will be using hollow lenses in our house before we're using Oculus Rift. I do believe that. I do think that's going to okay. happen, and I think that'll be a major coup for Microsoft. I think yeah, to beat absolutely. beat them to market yeah. would be big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one, more, one, more, one, one more. One more. One more. Because this canastication uh, is going really well. Hololens <laughs> or Morpheus? Which comes out first? Hololens. Yeah. Wow. I think Morpheus is is far off. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you think that's yeah. a 2016 thing too? Yeah. I think I think I think Oculus hits before Morpheus. I think Morpheus is wow. third. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, actually the fourth because uh, well, the third out of those three, but the fourth because Google Glass is already out, baby. Well, yeah, well, I don't think that that's in the same discussion, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> <Does it? laughs> not playing Battleship on your nerdy glasses is not exactly. <laughs> and they seem to have abandoned that thing anyway. I think that's sort of right, yeah. left to die. Yeah. Well, that's what Google doesn't, does. Doesn't that suck, though, for everyone who... Well, I guess not, because I guess if you knew that buying and you went into it, you were like, this may not be really coming out for real. Right. Right. But that must suck that it'll, if you had to do that. It'll reappear. It'll reappear as... Um, it may not even be rebranded. I think it. I think we will see something else from Google because that's what they do. Um, you forget about it. It kind of leaves leaves the 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 mind share of of the populace, and it's a you know remember me type of thing. Um, and then it just pops back new, you know, exciting and new. So well, let me I, ask I you guys really this. Honestly, let me ask you guys this question. Sure. Mm-hmm. The, for me, and this this is kind of sidestepping gaming a little bit, but I'm still curious yeah, yeah, of no what problem. you think. Uh, for me, the more exciting Google technology is self-driving cars. I'm ready for a oh, self-driving absolutely. car. Give me a self-driving. I don't want to ever have to drive again. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're down with that too? Okay. Hell yeah. 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 And, and I think that like that's the easier technology to sell to a wider audience. Because oh, yeah, everybody yeah. kind of is been seeing that for years in movies right. and media and stuff right. and they're out there especially if you live in like the bay area and those kind right. of areas like they're definitely testing them so right. yeah I'm, I'm i'm definitely excited for that I, yeah see see go ahead, go well, ahead I, I was gonna say I, that's another one of those things where i think my kids are gonna be like you let human beings drive cars, drive cars. <laughs> how many people died every year and it's be like right. oh well a lot actually a lot of people died and they'd be like that was it's insane it's barbaric how could you do that? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even even going one step lower than self-driving cars, I heard I just read this the other day that Google Fiber might be coming to my town. Oh, oh yeah, what's your town? Really? What's your oh, town? Yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm in Portland right oh, now. Oh yeah, wow. uh, so it's, it's on it's on the back end of of the the possibility. But let me tell you all, since we're all here by ourselves and no one will hear this podcast, right? <laughs> I will run butt naked in the street if I get Google Fiber. <laughs> I uh, swear to God, don't yeah, send Google awesome. Fiber to Portland. Google, <laughs> <laughs> nobody needs that in their life. The good news is Portland weird. You could stream right. it, and it would be crystal clear for everybody to see. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, HD oh, butt man. nakedness. It'll be dope. 
it would be dope. I'll just run around just with just with uh, speed well, that's, dot, speedtest.net on my phone. Just like, look, I'm butt naked, seven thousand megabits. <laughs> that's that's one when you asked me about technologies that I've I've seen up close. That I got a chance to go to Kansas City when I was doing uh, the oh, CNET show. I remember and, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and check out man that it's that is it's it's like magic it is like magic it's it we all need that it needs to, that needs to be the standard it's wonderful right. it's like six degrees of kevin bacon it's like oh shit jeff you touch google fiber can i can i shake your hand <laughs> it makes me want to move i just want to know what it's like I, I think it'll be it'll be so long before it comes to los angeles i i would love to move someplace that has it oh it's so great move to portland yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, yeah, we have we have tot, we have tots and beer, so you so you. I love some Portland. Of that, I've been, I, one of my best, my best man at my wedding lives in Portland, and I go there frequently, and uh, I love it there. It's wonderful. Hey, next time you're in town, I buy you a beer. That sounds like a deal. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into our music break for this show. Uh, we are hanging out with Jeff Kanata. I can't believe I just said that. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back right after this. your arms if you really need a hug afrocentric living is a big shrug a life filled with that's what i love a lower plateau is what we're above if it diss us we won't even think of we'll nip of the dog and give a big shove this rhythm really fits like a snug glove like a box of positives it's a plus love as the tribe flies high like a dove Be the obeyer, a rhythm recipe that you'll savor. Doesn't matter if you 
smell like a breath of fresh air. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Spawn On Me Podcast, episode 47. The music break was really, really dope. It was a classic. It was a tribe called Quest joint. It was Can I Kick It? It's oh, a good yes, song. Can. Can, can I Kick It? Yes, yes you can. can. All right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, we are here with uh, Cicero Holmes, Sharif Jackson. Uh, yeah, I'm here. You. And Jeff Kanata. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> as white as I can sound right there, huh? Right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Right. You didn't do a leprechaun kick, so it's okay. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, Golly gee, we'll look at So we hung out for a little bit. If you missed the first part of the cast, I don't understand what's wrong with you. You need to figure that out. Right. Get, get, how did you get here? <laughs> yeah, how did you get to this part of the show? How did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, we were talking a little bit about the, your, your podcast. We have concerns and DLC. Um, we have concerns was really interesting um, because it seems like you guys went a really different route as far as crowdsourcing the funding for the podcast. So you guys did you guys did a Patreon for your for your podcast, right? Yes, or you are doing a Patreon. We are for your indeed, indeed. Yeah, we're still still rocking that, and it's it's proven to be uh, great. I'm so so pleased that we decided to go that way. We definitely. Went down the road of talking to some some places of maybe having the show uh, live on a network and be um, be ad supported, and um, I'm really glad that we ended up not doing that because it's let the show be a little quirkier than it might have been anyway. And I, and I think mm-hmm. the short form, the the 20 minute episodes, really benefit mm-hmm. from not having any ads in them because uh, we don't have to worry about you know sometimes the ad copy can be pretty lengthy. And you don't, we don't have to break up the show and start talking about, you know, uh, T-shirts or uh, Squarespace. Right. I mean, I love those people, and they support <laughs> right. my other shows, and I'm, you know, fully happy to do that. But for this particular project, it just didn't seem like the right way to go. And I'm really glad that that the listeners themselves have found enough value to to support us. And and Patreon is great. I, I really like it. Do you feel like at this point that is totally a viable way for I mean, well, let's let's take let's take a step back. So you've had a you've had a fan base for a while at this point. You know, I I am part of that fan base. I am one of the folks who have been following you for a long time for over over multiple shows. Mm-hmm. Uh and Carboni as well from Rev Three and from from I think he was at Destructor at some point. I may be wrong. Well he certainly worked with all those guys, uh with Max Scoville and all that the Tara Long and all those folks, yeah. And, and Cess and all the rest right. of that crew. Um so so both of you have come into this with with lots of people who know your work and love your work and have seen and have seen and, and been following you guys for a long time. Do you feel like at this point, Patreon is a thing that if you wanted to kind of get your yourself out there and you have started that process of building that fan base or have a moderate fan base that it's totally a viable thing? Or do you feel like it's it's a little bit of um, kind of treacherous waters if, you, if you're still trying to figure out how to kind of self-promote and self-fund mm. Uh, your 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 work. Well, it sort of depends on what your expectation is, right? I mean, it's a it's a tough thing. If you have an audience and that audience wants to support you, that's a great way for them to support you directly, right? The other mm-hmm. the other option would be to just have people you know give you PayPal donations, and and that's the way. I'm also a member of the the slash filmcast at slash film.com, and that's the way they've been doing it for a long time as well. So you know there are different strategies. Uh, it's hard for me to say one is the right way to go or or mm-hmm. I don't think there's a wrong way to go particularly. I don't think if you got on Patreon 
it's it's going to screw you up in, in any sense. I just think that if your expectation is, oh, well, if I get onto Patreon, I, I won't ever have to work another day in my life because, you know, I'm making my show. I, it, it's, we're not there yet, right? There are some people that are that are really doing well on it. And, and my show, I'm very fortunate we do fairly well. I mean, I'm not – I can't do that alone. But um, – Right, right. But I, it, it's really wonderful that, you know, we have – I think at last count we have something like 950 supporters on Patreon. Wow, that's awesome. so awesome. That, that's oh, awesome, sweet. but it's a very low number when it comes to, you know, uh, any kind of – the fact that that low a number can give us enough money to sustain the show is mm-hmm. awesome. And there isn't right. any other yeah. way that that would work. There isn't any other place that you could go where that few people contributing would, would help you out. You know, it's it, – that's right. what's so special about crowdfunding right now is that if you have – you can have a relatively small percentage of people who listen to you make the show f- possible, and that and that's where right. we are, which is great. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we kind of went through a little bit of that over the past. Uh, what was it two weekends ago? I believe at this two point, two weekends ago. Yeah, we we had a we did a what we call Spawn for Good. It's a it's a platform that we we're trying to to expand on and build. That's you know gaming for social justice issues, right? Mm, so we had a we had a. We had a fundraiser that was to bring awareness to police brutality in the black community. And it was and it was really interesting to see the numbers afterward where we had, I think, 130 people or so. And it was averaged out to about 41 bucks a person. We, we had a goal of five thousand. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, that's yeah, amazing. And, yeah. yeah. And it's it's awesome the way that folks have, you know, we talk. And this this is another reason why I kind of appreciate why why you're in the space, right? Is that, you know, we talk a lot about the nuanced position that is kind of gone in the game space in the, in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and you've been a person who has kind of tried to always rally behind the nuanced position, like, like we have done as well, but it seems like there's a lot of love in the world right now, at least for people who are trying to do dope stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And that seems to be a really good turn of events that has happened besides all the craziness that we usually see. You know, do you, man, do you feel like that's that, they, that that is turning a little bit that maybe it's changing a little? I, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's wonderful that you you frame it that way, because that, that is exactly how I feel. And and uh, I'm honored that that you, you know, you would put me in that category because it's something that I, I put a lot of effort and care into. Um, and and I think that that's true. I think that we are. I honestly, to be completely frank with you, I it, it took me a, a while to get my head around the idea that people would pony up their hard-earned dollars and sh- for stuff that they value, for for mm-hmm. that there would there would be enough mm-hmm. value in what I do that people would actually contribute in in any real way to it. And when you when you kind of accept the fact that yeah, there, these voices are valuable these voices are special these you know that bringing something to the table that is positive that is uh respectful of the audience people find value in that and that is so Mm. encouraging that you're not just you know screaming into an empty room that that even with a small audience and you know you can support yourself you can do something great and that audience can grow and uh, that is what I, that's what we found, you know, way back when we started our first show, Totally Rad Show. And it's still true today. And it's true even more so today, I'd say. I, I have, Jeff, I have a, a mea culpa of, of sorts um, in so much that, uh, you know, when Ka was, Ka was talking about, you know, like the wish list that, that that's not so private, 
you know, your name popped up all the time and I knew so little about you. Um, and well, got to go, guys. Uh, I'll that... see you. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm out. Um, and one of the things that uh, Reef and 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 Ka hit me to was and, and you know, and this is what really got me down with with everything that was going on. And it, and it made me a fan naturally um, was the fact that at Totally Rad, you guys would talk about and you specifically would talk about race and gender um, in the show. And one of the things that we wanted to know was, was that something that you guys specifically planned or was it, you know, was it just kind of conversationally and and it came up naturally? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I have said over and over that my only, the only thing I'm selling, the only thing that I bring to the table in any kind of value proposition is my Mm -hmm. honesty, my honest opinion Hmm. and who I am genuinely that's that's all that i've got to offer in this space right Right. and Mm -hmm. we made a very conscious decision to be ourselves and to not censor opinions even if they weren't popular and i think i've tried you know i get a lot of people on twitter and a lot of emails over the years when i would say something that people view as political or whatever Uh, I get a lot of people saying, you know, I'm not interested in your opinion on the X, Y, or Z. I only want you to talk about this or that. And I always say to that, well, I'm sorry, but that's part of who I am. If you follow me on Twitter, you're going to get tweets about the fact that I'm excited about HoloLens and that I've been playing Dying Light. But you're also going to get tweets about Ferguson and how I feel about – the government and I am a citizen of the planet. And I, I, if I feel passionately about something, I feel passionately about the game I'm playing. I feel passionately about the technology I'm using, but I also feel passionately about the way people interact with each other, the fundamental humanity of my fellow man, you know, on and on and on. I, I can't draw a line between how I feel about one thing and how I feel about another, and nor do I want to. I right. I feel like it's my, not just my responsibility, but my privilege mm-hmm. to be able to speak honestly about what I feel. And if that's going to turn some people off, so be right. it. But, um, you know, I think just because we're talking about movies or video games or fun things, it doesn't mean that. I'm not going to bring my whole self to that conversation. Right. And and you know what? And that's what makes you dope. And, and um, you know, on behalf of Bricago, let me let me just say thank you um, for doing for doing that and, and not being afraid to do it. And, and um, unfortunately, it's especially in our space, especially in the space of gaming. Um, it is definitely a rare, rare occurrence where people will, you know, will stop pretending like the only thing they care about, the only thing they have opinions on are video games and, right. and, you know, will allow their public personas to kind of overtake their private personas and, and won't, won't turn off the video game part because that wouldn't be cool. Or they're afraid that they, you know, their, their Twitter followers may go down by one or two. Um, right. So um, when, when, People who don't have to stand, you know, stand side by side with 
with people like the, you know, the three people that you're speaking to right now do so, um, you know, and all marginalized people, you know, not, not even just us when, when people like yourself who, who have privilege, um, stand by, stand alongside of us. Um, you know, it, it, it makes our hearts grow three sizes that day. So, so thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. And I, I honestly, I really do. I will say this though. Uh I, I could do better. (laughs) And, and I, you know, it's one of the things that I really strive for, uh, on my show is, is a diversity of voices. And and I'm excited to have all of you guys come on my show at some point, if if you're interested. Of course. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think that, um, I could I I uh, Christian and I both on on DLC you know we have a, a guest every week and and we, I love bringing on people that are knowledgeable in the space I love bringing on friends but all too frequently I think it becomes a very um, monochromatic you know, <laughs> a very, a very singular voice right, right? right and uh, and and I we strive to you know have women on the show we strive to have uh, a whole range of of voices and I could do better you know I, I think there are Guys like you guys out there who are smart and funny and engaging and have a lot to say and are knowledgeable in the space, and um, you know the the more I can find people like you guys and 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 expand the scope of the voices that you hear on my show, I think the better off my show will be. That's frankly. awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. that's awesome. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, and I, I think it's interesting. And I guess the question I was going to ask um, before you said all that wonderfulness was do you do you feel that people and, and i'm trying to figure out where this comes from because that's the thing that i am interested in it's the kind of the conversation that you and carboni have all the time is like i'm interested in this because of the way humans just do things right and mm-hmm. it's like the folks who are like i just don't i don't i don't want you to talk about anything but this or i don't want my games to touch political things right and 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 i when i hear that i always laugh because i'm like you do know that everything is political yeah. In some form of yeah, fashion. I fundamentally don't even understand right, that. Right, I don't even understand right, what people are saying. Right. Like, it doesn't make it, it doesn't even compute right. to me, right? It, it, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's like people wanting to live in the isolated kind of area where they're in control of what happens. Sure. Like, I think a lot of that goes into it. And I think people get naturally, um, I think, frankly, people get afraid when people start to kind of unveil the nuance and the interconnectedness and the fact that we as people you know do have opinions on a variety of things um and i know that you know i've had times where you know i've kind of tweeted or like shared things about you know games and like connecting them to you know to different cultural things or i've tweeted something you know kind of defending a uh, certain you know like a certain people that have been like harassed and and people just get slammed for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to me too, because it's like, even the the saying, I don't want this associated with that. That in itself is a political statement. <laughs> right, 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 are, right. Exactly. You are exactly. doing the thing you don't want to do. Right, right. It, it, it's, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, 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 so, it's so weird. It's like this crazy cognitive dissonance is just like, what, I don't, how do you figure that those things don't touch? Like, your Venn diagrams are broken. Venn diagrams suck. Fucking wheels. Yeah, Venn diagrams suck. The anti-Venn diagram. Yeah, your Venn diagram has mad borders. I, I, I don't understand why anyone would would 
not want more voices in the conversation. Like right. more voices in the conversation always makes it better to me. Right. And you know, I don't know. I it just doesn't make any sense. Pointing out someone pointing out a a perspective that didn't occur to me because of my particular worldview, my particular upbringing, whatever. That's interesting right. to me. I Absolutely. find that fascinating. I don't want my own view regurgitated back to me. I, I you know, I think that's what this community should be about. That's what podcasting should be about. That's what discussion should be about is, you know, ex- expanding the number of voices and f- the perspectives that you're getting. That's that's what's fun about it. Maybe you do disagree with that, but right. let's find out. Let's work it out. Let's, yeah. let's listen. You know? Yeah, I think, I think that was one of the, the, the foundations, foundational things that we decided when we had this podcast was like, hey, I am a 360 degree person. All these things are constantly in my purview. They're they're in my scope of things that I know and experience and understand. Why can't you talk about those things in a real way? You know, it right. it, make, it mm-hmm. makes everything better. You know, like I wanted yeah. to have a just straight political cast, but I was like, that would be really boring. <laughs> I was like, that would be really boring. And it's like, why not bring some of those discussions into the into the gaming space where they where they have always been, but people just kind of right. want right. to throw them under the bus in some form or fashion. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna move away from that for a hot second. We're going to talk about some more semi-political things, but it's going to be in the form of uh, our breakdown. And uh, I think we're going to do what, C? Uh, I think it's time to break it down. Break it down! So so coming back, um, we see that Nintendo, Nintendo has been doing its thing and fighting YouTubers for a while now. We've seen all the craziness that's happened in the both uh, digital space, the physical space, the way content creators have been treated by the Nintendos. I like to make them sound like they're a rap group, the Nintendos. <laughs> um, and, and Nintendo it's, clan ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, that would be real. Um, so, <laughs> so, I'm thinking of Shigeru Miyamoto throwing up a W. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could, warrior, warrior mustache. I could definitely see Reggie doing that. By the way, just, yeah, just he's from the Bronx. The day that Reggie throws up the woo symbol, right. I, could, I could see him doing it. I would. I would pay so much money to see that. Um, so there was some discussion. There was some discussion maybe like a year or so ago when when folks were trying to put some content on YouTube and Nintendo was smacking their hands down saying, "No, you can't do that." Um, and folks kind of were in, in in uproar, and they said, you know, we don't like this. We want to fight against this. You, we are the ones who are making this content, and it's self promotion for you. So why are you beefing? Right, right. So it seems like they they decided to try to you know massage some of that and make the Nintendo Creators Program, which basically will give them a way to kind of have an approval process in which they can put videos up on YouTube, and there is a a split basically. It's like either you get a sixty sixty split, sixty percent split, or a seventy percent split. And I guess it's determined on if you are, I guess, quote unquote, um, licensed or registered with them as a channel or, or as opposed to just doing just straight videos. Um, and some folks are kind of upset about that, too. I know we I know we passed around the the article to, to folks and gave folks the ability to kind of go through it. Um, Reef, I know I know you are our resident Nintendo expert. Yes. And <laughs> damn, <laughs> the way you said I am. I am. I know you Hey, I, I'm I'm downloading the uh codename Steam demo right now on 3DS. So yes, I'm the resident <laughs> I'm, I'm the resident expert. You are the resident expert. So so what do you think about this so far? What do you, what do you think this is going to wind up being? 
I I will say this. I think for one, for a company like Nintendo who is traditionally stubborn to even be considering this, I think is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. I feel like classic Nintendo would just say, you know, we're just going to take this stuff down and that's it. Um, so I think the fact that they're attempting a program that is sort of a compromise between what they originally, you know, um, talked about um, back in back in like the 2013 times and what the YouTubers want is actually a pretty good step for them along the lines of sort of when they, you know, allowed Smash Brothers to be shown at Evo and that kind of stuff. I do think that the unfortunate thing is that they're not going to be able to please people that do believe that they are giving them free publicity and that they're creating original content that yes it does have the nintendo games as the source but but that they are you know adding their commentary and they're you know you know like uh like uh, doing different things in their videos and stuff that does sort of make it their art Mm -hmm. um so i think that it's kind of a a lose-lose case unfortunately where um i just don't think that people are going to be happy with the fact that they feel like that they have to go through an approval. You know, I, I think they said this like up to three day approval process and that they only get sort of part of the money that they feel like they're entitled to sort of like that full ad revenue. Um, I, I, I just don't see how this can be um, successful. I want it to be. Um, And in the back of my mind, I wish that, you know, that Nintendo would kind of lighten up on the videos. But I know that just from seeing them operate as a company that that's just not in their in their mentality. Um, So I hope it works. I'm I'm, I'm just not that optimistic on um, on like how this will actually go down. Jeff, any thoughts on this? Uh, well, I agree with Sharif in a, in a, a lot of this. I think it is remarkably forward-thinking for a company that like just figured out that friends lists are a thing. <laughs> you know, like, like, it's like they're, Nintendo is late to the party on on a lot of uh, stuff when it comes to the internet, for sure. And to to have them, I mean, ostensibly embrace YouTube at, at any level is a good thing. Mm-hmm. However, I think a lot of this points to more than wanting money. I think they want control. Mm. I think they want to maintain control over how their product is portrayed online. And I think that that, unfortunately, is kind of a losing battle because uh, the Internet is is sort of the – you know, it, it abhors a it abhors control. It, it is a you know it is a many headed beast, and you, as soon as you strike down one head, another one pops up. So, um, I, I think this was it's sort of inevitable uh, in the sense that we're not we weren't going to live in a place forever where people were making money off of showing other people's product without the people whose product it is saying, hey, we want some of that money. I don't think that was going to last forever. And I think that any any of these YouTube creators that think otherwise are kind of deluding themselves because at a certain point, it's just not going to happen, guys, you know. Uh, and and 70-30 or 60-40 is, is pretty good. It's, it's pretty good for as far as you, you know, using the IP of another company. Right. Um, so I think this is actually a fairly reasonable proposition uh, I just think it's it's not going to end 
as a as far as a control mechanism for Nintendo ensuring that their games are portrayed in a certain light, I don't think that's going to work out for right. them. Right. See, do you have any thoughts? All right. So here, here's 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 the thing. Oh, I see thing. that look on your face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know you guys you guys are treating Nintendo like the socially awkward kid in high school that comes to the dance and learn to dance move that's almost right and you you know you guys give them the the pity laugh and and say oh that person's kind of cool now like they should not be getting credit for realizing it and finally acknowledging that the future is here and they should be a part of it if they want to remain relevant um within within the way media is consumed the way Gaming is consumed in a passive way. Um, and so like so from from that perspective, I don't necessarily appreciate what they're doing or or the fact that it's like it's it's news that Nintendo's finally said, yes, they're they're doing something. Obviously, I understand that it is news because Nintendo is finally doing something after saying, well, no, you can't, you know, right. you can't put any any footage of our games up on, on YouTube, which was actually, you know, I mean, it's fucking dumb, but, but like the 70, 30 split, the 60, 40 split. I, I totally understand that. I get that. Like I get the fact that they are very, very protective of their brand. Um, you know, uh, you know, part of the reason that we joke about, um, having the race to Reggie is that Reggie won't be on a podcast <laughs> because they're so protective of their brand. Right. Um, so so like I get I get all of that stuff but the fact is they 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 are super super late to this party and they I don't think they should get kudos for finally acknowledging the fact that oh there is a party that they should be attending you know they're they're trying to compete in the same gaming space and obviously yes I do understand that that uh, a, a Nintendo console gamer is looked upon differently that person isn't the same as a playstation or a you know or or a uh you know an xbox or even a pc gamer you know they like nintendo's properties they they like you know what nintendo puts out their ips um but at the same time you know like you you're still a game company and you you need to understand and you need to be able to operate in the in the same space because it you know when it when it what it really boils down to outside of adults who have the disposable income and are uh, participating in in this in this hobby um, as an adult and and have the chances to go into it the 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 people that they're marketing their stuff to uh, Nintendo especially are parents who are buying these things for their children because they're you know their family devices what have you. If if I'm in you know if I'm in a GameStop, um, or I'm in a Best Buy or something like that, and I'm you know I'm mommy mommy Buffy going in and I'm <laughs> what? looking mommy Buffy. mommy Buffy yeah you know don't you know don't you know a lot of suburban moms <laughs> I know named Buffy? I know all um, all moms are named Buffy Buffy yeah absolutely absolutely all, all all dads are named Bill <laughs> Buffy and Bill oh my they, god uh, you know they summer in the Hamptons um, what so. <laughs> So they're the average New Yorker, right? There. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Somewhere absolutely. in there. Absolutely. So, um, you know, they're going into Best Buy and they're going to talk about what 
what do I get? What kind of bang do I get for my buck with this console? And when the salesperson is going to sit back and, and tell them all the things that they can do, the the you know the, the Microsoft product and the Sony product are going to far outweigh. They're going to be much more flexible um, than than the Nintendo product. And and you know Nintendo's got a they've got a marketing problem. Was basically what I'm what I'm you know really what I'm trying to say. Everything they do has a marketing problem. Yes, all the shit is cool, but. You know, the Wii, the successor to the Wii is called the Wii U. Is it really a new console? We don't know. It uses the same controllers, but it doesn't. But you can use this one, but you can't. You can use this controller from the other one, but only on this game. All this other shit. They've got a new 3DS that's coming out called the new 3DS. (laughs) But that plays old 3DS (laughs) games, but not new 3DS games. And the new 3DS games won't play on the old 3DS, but it's not called the old 3DS. I mean, what the fuck? Come on, guys. Tell me how you really feel. I mean, so, come on, guys. Really. So I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying. I don't see how it necessarily ties into the YouTube part of it, though. Well, you know, I, I'm just mad at YouTube. I'm, I mean, I'm okay. mad at okay. Nintendo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna, I mean, yeah, I just, I was gonna I'm mad. At, I'm mad. At, look, look. So I mean, the, I, I the, 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 sure. the point, <laughs> the point that I'm making, the point that I'm making is from from a from a from from the top down, they. They have the ability to innovate on on IPs, but they are showing they're showing how just how inflexible they are as a corporation with how late to the party they are and how unrealistic their expectations on the things that they finally when they finally do implement them, how unrealistic those expectations are with with how they presented this YouTube thing, what they think, how they think the reception to that is going to be, what they are doing with, uh, what they've done with the, you know, the Wii U, what they've done with the 3DS. I mean, it's just, it's a systemic problem that, that Nintendo seems to have. And I really wish they could change it because they have fantastic software. They have fantastic stuff. Well, hold, that people hold, hold would that want thought because I think that thought plays better into our into the next the next actual topic that we're going to go into. Thought that, hold, yeah, hold, thought hold that for one second, right? Because anger is subsiding. Yeah, because you were about to turn into. <laughs> oh man, blacked out. Yeah, right. blacked out. Blacked out for a second. I thought, I thought it was about to be dying light on this show. I was about to have to right. smash <laughs> hit you with a stun gun or some shit. Right, right. Well, I'm gonna jump and break my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, only I was in third person. Oh. Right. <laughs> I would have blacked out third person anyway. Um, I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I was gonna hold you off for a second. I, I was gonna say. Right. I'm of two minds when it comes to the YouTube thing. Yes, we've seen that Nintendo has kind of been archaic in the way that they've the way that they want to promote that promoted themselves to the greater audience by letting basically the the fans do half the work for them. We've seen that be a part of their process for as long as we've, as long as they've been Nintendo, they've always been kind of secretive with their IPs. Well, not secretive, but they've been holding their IPs and, and not wanting people to have all that control over it, like Jeff said earlier. Um, but I'm also interested to see uh, in, in the thought process of how the YouTubers are thinking about this. Cause I think that part of the conversation is actually really, really interesting. It's this kind of, I, I am, I am entitled to do this and get, this kind of revenue stream from yeah. from works that aren't all like aren't all mine. It's like when people sure. do music, you know, you know, we have music breaks in our show. But if the the person who 
uh, is listening to that is from ASCAP or BMI or whoever else it may be, and they, and we get a cease and desist, we have to pull that episode down or at least pull right. that music right. out. You know, we didn't do that right. music. Um, so it feels like there's this weird in-between space where the folks who are making content, you know, I don't want to crap on, on content creators. We are content creators. But there has to be some leeway. And like, like, it, like I said, or like we all said, it, it feels like they are getting some kind of burn on this. They're getting some kind of revenue stream in a way that they have a, a way to, to, to balance it out with Nintendo. Last Nintendo news forever. No. <laughs> <laughs> forever. Forever and ever. Forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Nintendo is basically really dropping the price on their Wii games. And they're trying to say that. What was that, Reef? Uh, uh, you can explain that a little bit better than I. Yeah. So, so, um, so like. The um, current status of the Wii U is that you had to, you know, basically boot the system into Wii mode to play Wii games because it basically has a Wii built inside of it. Right. Um, so, like, you can still play, like, Wii discs. You can access, you know, downloadable content from WiiWare. Um, and what they've done is they've uh, actually, like, released some of their some of their Wii games um, so, so that you can access them directly from the Wii U menu. And they've done this for, you know, for like th- three of their, I think, of the better Wii titles, which is Mario Galaxy 2, Punch-Out, and Metroid Prime Trilogy, which are all very amazing games, especially Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm, right. um, and they have kind of done this like $10 pricing on them um, that is like temporary pricing because I believe that the normal pricing will be 20 on them. But when you look at that $10 pricing, especially compared to their virtual console pricing where you can pay you know up to eight dollars for a 16-bit game it's pretty aggressive for like a their side um what i was wondering about with it though is i think that this past year has shown that remastered versions can really sell i mean last of us mm-hmm. and and like tomb raider and these like uh, pe- people people are paid yeah exactly I, I mean like pe- people have been paying top dollar for these remastered versions of games and I saw a lot of um, commentary and got into a lot of debate with like friends about if like they would be willing to pay for, say, a, a 1080p upscale of Mario Galaxy 2 and Metroid Prime mm-hmm. and pay, say, 40 or $50 for them as opposed to getting a direct port and pay kind of $10 for them, which is what the uh, current price is. So I just kind of wanted to get you guys view on if like you're willing to sort of pay the extra for a remastered or like sort of just deal with like sort of a direct port and like get it on the on the cheap let's go to cicero first and then we'll never round out with jeff um i guess it really depends on the game right so if it's a game that you love then especially if it's if it's a game that came out in the beginning of the of the wii life cycle um quick sidebar uh, who who came up with the naming conventions for all the Wii stuff? Is it like sixties Batman? Everything is Wii something. Um, is, you know, uh, is this thing on? Um, but 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 like all right. So I mean, I guess if if it's a game that came out at the beginning of the, of the life cycle of of the of the Wii, then you really want you probably want to see that game upresed. Um, and, and see what that game would look like in, in 1080p, um, a game like, you know, or, or, or the Super Mario Galaxy. So the, the Galaxy games are coming out. Um, but they're basically, they're going to be, um, standard, standard def progressive scanned, 
um, standard def 40p. And, uh, you know, you got, you know, some people have 4K TVs and, and they'll be playing this game, as, you know, 480p on on, you know, on their systems. And, and you know, that's not cool. Um, you know, 10 bucks. Sure. It's a it's a fantastic game in terms of bang for your buck and the value that you're actually getting for for a lot of that software. I, I mean, it's an incredible value. But but are you really going to enjoy watching it looking at it as you're playing it right right um because it's you know it's just not going to look hot yeah jeff jeff any thoughts you know i have to claim a little ignorance i haven't seen any of these games yet on the wii u i I don't know if they look like a hot mess uh you know or if or maybe they look all right you know i my gut says that i i'd probably rather have them at 10 bucks and and have nintendo spend their energy making new games than than have a team, you know, working on up-resing some of these old games and then putting them out at a high price point. But I definitely agree with Cicero that if they look if they looked awesome in 1080p, these these games are fantastic and I'd love to play them uh high res. I think that would be awesome, but I don't I'm torn. I think, you know, it's such a gulf between 10 and 50 or 60. Right, think, right. You know, 10 is pretty is a pretty great deal for these these really deep long excellent experiences. So, I don't know. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm waiting to see cuz I haven't but I I've kind of like jumped out of the Wii everything boat. I'm I'm not for it at this point. It's not for me. <laughs> um it feels like they they they're trying to figure out uh, like all these games feel like stop gaps. They feel like waiting to kind of inch people toward waiting for Zelda. Yeah, basically, right, you know, right. it's like we need Zelda right. to come out already. If it's going to come out, they need just that to hurry up and come out because that's going to be the thing that is going to push people to go buy a Wii U. It may it may get me to to buy one. I was like, you will know, it, well, will it really? you know what the funny thing is during during the weekend that the marathon that we had, I was almost in the market for a Wii because I saw Reef playing Smash Brothers. Right, right. And that right. that game was a game that I said, "Wow, okay, I'm seeing how much fun he's having. I'm seeing how engaged the stream is with him. I'm sure most of that was because he was wearing a, a Luigi hat, but <laughs> yeah. but 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 I, but I could see that there, you know, that there's a, a genuine level of, of of fun that you can have with this system because it has games that people have have like gravitated to for years, and they have IPs that people have gravitated to for years." It just feels like the, they, they never can get that gaming push forward. It seems like there's always something stopping them. They're always trying to reiterate when they haven't finished doing the things with the stuff that they already have out in the market. So there's, there's a lot of a lot of small reasons why Nintendo feels like they're they're kind of in this weird stasis and, and, and holding pattern. And I wish that they would get out of it because people are still excited for Nintendo stuff. They have a really big fan base. Their, their fan base is always going to be looking for stuff. Right. Right. Do do you think? Uh, actually, let me ask Jeff. Do, do you think that there is besides Zelda something else that is going to spark that move for people to kind of get a, a, a Wii product, or or is it is it over already? Is has it been done? I thought it could be Amiibo, uh, and certainly Amiibo is selling like hotcakes. But it seems like people are buying them to put them on their shelves. <laughs> right. You know, right. they're not yeah. buying them for any kind of digital <laughs> functionality. Um, I would agree with that. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> that sounds like somebody from experience. Uh-huh. I have a bunch <laughs> on my shelf right now. <laughs> yeah. But I, and I'm sure that Nintendo doesn't care why you buy them, right? They right. they got your dollar. Right. They don't care. But 
but it does seem uh it, it does seem like we're it's still waiting for the killer app i mean i think Having said that, I'll completely do 180 degrees. And I think, that, like you said, there's a lot of people that are just using it as their Super Smash Brothers Mario Kart machine. Right. And they're perfectly happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but And when Zelda drops, I know I'm going to play the heck out of that game. And I'm sure that it'll sell some Wii U's. If there was a Metroid, I would be excited about that. I think the thing that Nintendo doesn't seem to do anymore or rarely <laughs> is uh, new IP. You know, is, is right. new Is new mm-hmm. different kinds of – but, you know. Having said that, too, I'll do 180 degrees again because <laughs> Splatoon looks cool, right? <laughs> right, I mean, right. They are they are showing some stuff. They just it's just it's just in, it, that Nintendo trickle that, that right. Well, is, and, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. It's like they'll show six new games, but only one is an actual new IP. It's yeah. five, you know, it's five new versions. of of or you know five games involving characters that you've heard of before that you may or may not have loved and then one completely new game right um, but it'll be it's going to be like the GameCube era you know all over again it's going to be Wii U is going to have a lifespan of however long and there's going to be some probably some of the best games of our genera- of this generation are going to be on Wii U right you know Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart are already excellent iterations of those franchises and i'm sure there will be another two or three super just highlight games that everybody's gonna rave about but it won't it won't be the breadth and size of library you get on sony or microsoft but there will be these great games and there you know zelda will probably be fantastic and there'll probably be a, a few other games that it's like yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I had a Wii U, and I'm, I'm really glad I got to play those experiences. Hmm. And I, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I think they have to. I think they have to come out with a batshit peripheral. Oh, really? <laughs> you know why? Because if everyone else is coming out with a headset and coming out with some other stuff, why don't they just come up with some batshit peripheral that is just some random super craziness that does something that makes you mean a heart the- monitor? Oh wait. <laughs> Or a or fitness a, stepper or a tablet. bar thing. Yeah. A tablet right. controller. Like, right. like, the, like the Super Duper Scope 6. Yeah. Wow. The Super Duper Scope 6. Yeah. They, need to, they um, need to bring out a six-foot <laughs> Robbie the Robot. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, 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 but no, I, I, I think that it would... I think right now, if people aren't interested in the Wii U, I don't know what can push them into it. I think Zelda is a definite one, but I think that the fact that you already have Mario Kart 8, Smash, Bayonetta 2, and Mario 3D Land that's all gotten pretty much 10s around the board. Like, I think when Zelda comes out, I think people will be getting it more because they have a library of games that they didn't already, that have already been released and done well. Um, that like they'll kind of get like this bundle, like all right, I finally have a library of games that I can right. go through. Right. I'm admittedly like a early adopter. I'm willing to you know deal with the drought because um, it definitely has been a drought and it has been that like Nintendo trickle. But no, you're. I think Jeff, I think you hit the nail on the head where you know you know because third parties have bailed, they're just never going to have that breath. So like right. they're always going to have a smaller group of really good games. And I think that the way that gaming, um, I'll say gaming mainstream culture and the way that is pushed by 
um, gaming journalism mm, is that you true, always true. want the new stuff. You always want the, 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 like like even if it's mediocre new stuff, like you just want like the new stuff with the good graphics. E- even if everything gets sixes and sevens, like there's this constant like uh, we need to keep on like promoting and feed that beast. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Well, and because you got to get the clicks. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, you just don't get that with like Nintendo stuff. Right, you right. know and. And they're and they're never gonna get that love unless for some reason third parties actually make a change, which I doubt because when third parties were like on point for on the Wii, when the Wii was like selling like a gangbuster, they were still making crappy ports. <laughs> well, I mean, because I mean, because yeah. the hardware was crap. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, how are you gonna make a? First off, the hardware was was <laughs> inferior to the. To, uh, listen, man, I got I gotta keep it. I gotta so, keep it a hundred, son. So I gotta keep it a hundred. You are so angry this episode, yeah, right? Yo, but I'm saying so. Like, I mean, the hardware was inferior to to the PS3 and the 360 by by magnitudes. You know, it wasn't even. You know, it wasn't even like the 360 was inferior hardware wise to the to the PS3. But the, I mean, but the the Wii wasn't even in this. It wasn't even in the same same solar system. So you know, so I mean, so you had Galaxy. that problem first, uh. and then the other, <laughs> then the other part, the other part was, you know, like now I've got to take this game that I've I've mapped out with, you know, my controller has ten buttons on it, and now I've got to map that same game for this thing with a directional pad and two buttons and some little trigger shit on the back, and then I got to use start buttons and ones. Wait, and hold on, wait, wait, wait. See, hold on. What? Wow. what? You you just went into the oldest blackest man tirade <laughs> of all time. I know all these buttons. You were about, about to throw. <laughs> you were about to throw something through the internet. Right. Well. All right. Hold well, on. All right. Hold, hold, all right. So hold if on I can't, one second. If, if I can't do that, if I can't do that, if I can't get my ABM on, angry black man for a second. Um, am I allowed to at least talk about this? Is Nintendo centric. Yeah, at least talk about how Luigi is the Black Mario brother. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Can we? Can we, can, if can we t- all right. So Luigi <laughs> is the Black Mario brother. Let's the let's, end. let's 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 yeah, talk I, about this. Let's, we're gonna unpack this for a second. I, all right. The gangly Freddy Cat one. Right. Right. So Luigi. So Luigi is this episode right, has he's, been brought to you by the letter W, right. as in what the fuck. <laughs> Right. So he's 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 the taller one. He can jump mad high. Cicero. He, he Cicero. never gets the girl. Cicero. And the only thing he gets to do when he gets when he's by himself, the only thing he gets to do is vacuum up ghosts. Oh my but God, he's scared Cicero. of them. <laughs> Done. Mic okay. drop. Okay, so <laughs> so back on track a little bit. Um, thank you, thank you, Reed. So like, so 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 like, I I actually didn't mean for the sort of ten dollar versus remaster to be only Nintendo centric because I was thinking of let's say if Sony said, all right, here's all three Uncharted's, right? But but these are like the exact same things, and you can like play them on your PS4, but it's like you know twenty bucks. They're or, in HD. Just do it. Yeah, but they're not 60 and and they're not, you know, like they're not like in full next gen like fidelity, right? Well, well when Uncharted 4 comes out in 2016, um it will be 30 frames per second too cuz it's not coming out in 2015 #stubnostication. You heard it. Bam. See see here's the thing though, really quickly on that. And I and I and I actually appreciate the fact you brought that up. And this is the reason why for me 
I would be willing to pay the money to get that series or those kinds of games is because they've stripped out backwards compatibility for me. So, so to a certain extent, the games that I have been clamoring for, like there's a game that no one wants to play that I'm dying to play. And it was for my PS3 and I can't without buying another system, go play it. And that was 4am. 4am was a great game, but no one bought it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give me that product and say, I can have this product no matter what it was, or you don't have to re up, you don't have to up it. You don't have to do any of those things, but now I have it back in my collection and I can revisit some of the games that I really, really liked. Then I'm fine with that. You can, you can chuck that up even another 10 bucks and give it to me for 20 bucks and I'll still pay for it. I think when, when you're asking people to rebuy things, you either have to up the experience or you have to make the experience cheaper so that it's it's a less of a hit in comparison to the stuff that they're already paying their money for. So so if you can do that, then you win on both sides, right? And and that's the that's the reason I think that that's an okay proposition if you make it an actual value proposition for the people who don't have both systems at that point. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that works. If 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 they can continue to do that and. We'll see. Well, but you've got you got PlayStation now for that. Now you've got you yeah. got pay a subscription fee and you can play all the Uncharted's you want. It just stream them right to you. Yeah, hopefully. If no one else is, if I had Google Fiber, then it would be amazing. Well, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> but there if I go. if you have Comcast the Nation, then it's not. <laughs> then they're like, nah, buddy, that's right. okay. Right. Um, I have one question to ask you, Jeff, and this is way off topic. This is this is uh, something that we do not necessarily get into on our show, but we know that you are a lover of board games. Yes. And uh, one of one of my coworkers, Mike Sugarbaker, who has the best last name ever. Yeah, that is pretty dope. <laughs> Sugarbaker. His last name is dope. Um, he's he's a huge tabletop fan, so he he had a question for you, and he he basically wanted to ask. He says, "Where do you think?" The future of role-playing games on tabletop is headed. Well, Mr. Sugarbaker, if that is your real name, <laughs> um, the future of role-playing on tabletop, I think it's pretty strong. I, th- I think that the, this new version of Dungeons & Dragons that just came out in 2014 really revitalized tabletop role-playing games. I, I think that's probably what he's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Just those sort of d 20 S games, yep. uh, and there's a very vital, vibrant scene happening right now uh, around that. Around Pathfinder, Pathfinder is is hugely yeah. successful. Yeah. Um, yeah, there and there's a wonderful indie scene happening as well. There's all these sort of uh, off the grid, uh, really interesting role playing games. A lot of which I haven't had a chance to play yet. But I I listened to the um, Shut Up and Sit Down show, uh, which is, is out of the UK. These mm-hmm. guys are are really funny and fun. And they talk about, you know, these these crazy role-playing games, like uh, ones where you're all playing as robots and you have to role-play as robots. And so <laughs> human they look at human beings as just like sacks of meat and they have no emotions. <laughs> and it just, sounds, it just sounds fascinating and weird and bizarre and out there. And, and so I think that, I think that role-playing games on the back of a really strong sort of core resurgence with D&D and Pathfinder and these, you know, these fantasy tropes, you know, fantasy is huge right now, Game of Thrones, all that. I think right. these types of experiences are as strong as they've ever been. Um, and that's that's great as far as I'm concerned. I'm a fan. So so do you think if Nintendo came out with an Amiibo tabletop game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. that, that they might be able to pull people back in? I mean, well, we wouldn't we were be able to find about... the Amiibos. <laughs> <laughs> 
We were talking about um, a few weeks ago on DLC. We were talking about some some sort of Mario Ablo game that's like a, a Diablo clone, <laughs> but with Mario. I want that game. Like, let me play. I'll play as Luigi. I don't right. care. I'll play as Princess Peach. Let me give me a, let me wander through a you know a dungeon and and smack little Goombas and uh, that'd be awesome. That would yeah. be that yeah, would yeah. be pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll it'll be like an enhanced like Super Mario RPG kind of thing. Yeah, that would be so right. Like real time combat with you know, and it, and they can make it accessible to kids. It doesn't have to be ultra violent like Diablo. It could be, it, but it's like that kind of gameplay. I would be yeah. all over that. That would be pretty dope. It's, it's, it's good See, idea. and that's so that's the thing with Nintendo is they have spent so long cultivating these characters that when you do come out and you say, oh well, hey, we're gonna you know. It's you know it's Die Hard on a bus with right. with Mario. Then everybody's like, oh yeah. Even even the ABM is like, oh yeah, I'll play that because <laughs> that's awesome. You know, and it'll like, also probably be really good. Like they right, make right. good it'll games. It'll be excellent. It'll be excellent. They don't make bad games. Right. When they put Mario in a golf game, it's right. not crappy. It's right, like a right. really good golf game. Yeah, you know, right, when they put Mario in a fighting game, it's a good game. Yeah, and I yeah, I mean, we're just we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that they could do it. They have so many options. It's just it's just sad that they feel like they can't branch out in that way. Um, and and I guess you know, branching out to our last, 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 last. I see uh, what you did there, sir. Nice, well done. Pretty good. You know, I try. You know, what I'm saying. Segway King. I'm trying. I'm trying to impress you. Um, <laughs> consider me impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, so, so the, the, the game that was, uh, part of that big, big, big push in the PS3 days, PC days, and also on now the PS4, uh, talking about games that have a lots to offer is, uh, the Borderland series. The Borderland series is one of those games that had me on my couch for a long, long period of time playing everything and every part of the DLC that they had. Haha, <laughs> DLC. Um, uh, so it looks like they have this last, uh, new box set, basically this like huge, crazy, ridiculous, uh, collector's item that's coming along with their, their remake and their remaster that's going to be on the PS4. So it was, it was, uh, announced at PAX South, Mm -hmm. uh, which was just this past weekend. Um, of course, uh, I'm spacing on, on the name of the, uh. Of the gearbox, uh, the, gearbox, yeah, gearbox, the de- developers, because I'm an idiot like that. Um, <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so um, the new version, or not a new version, the remastered version of Borderlands is coming to uh, current gen consoles. Uh, it's going to be called the Borderlands: The Handsome Collection. Um, it will include the pre sequel. And Borderlands 2, or I guess Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel, um, since that was the order in which they were released, um, and I guess not the order in which you play, um, and all of the DLC, which is which is plenty, um, all for sixty bucks. All of it will be um, up-resed, um, you know, but it's you know not by from 720p to 1080p. Um, the super cool thing about it, at least in my opinion, is the fact that you will be able to bring over your saves within the same family 
from um, from Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel. If you did play that when that was uh, released this October on the 360 on, you know, the legacy, the legacy consoles, 360 PS3, um, you'll be able to bring over your saves to the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Again, provided you stay in that same family. And if you really love Borderlands that much, and of course, you know, who doesn't, but I guess it's too late, you know, unless you go to eBay, you could spend the amount of a PS4, $399.99 for the <laughs> Claptrap in a Box Edition, which has uh, all the games, 12 lithographs, a steel bookcase, because those are awesome, and a remote-controlled Claptrap, which... Um, I'm assuming is, uh, like not life size, but like three or four foot tall, three foot tall clap trap, mm-hmm. uh, know, that you man. can control with your remote control. They That's scary. Li- yeah. Limited edition. 5,000 of them have already sold out and it was just announced like four days ago. Yeah. See, so, I don't like this. I think this is, this is the gateway to evil. That we're all worried about, <laughs> because that's the thing that you will just use to torture children. Yeah, but you can tell. <laughs> yes, look at that. It moves. It has a camera. You can look at a live feed from the camera that's already mounted in the damn thing. It's going to roll around and talk to you. Like I didn't. I never told you the story, but there was a story of when I was younger. My grandma bought this doll for my niece, um, and my grandmother was super suspicious. Anyway, she thought everything was going to try to kill you, like the the, the, the gimpy gimpy plant. <laughs> so so she would go to work really early in the morning and she would have this doll that she bought for my niece and she would sit it on the table sit in the, I'm sorry sit it on the couch and you could basically play music through it and it would like the eyes would move and the face would move and it would do all the stuff right uh-huh. so so I go down to work and, I, and I'm going out to, to leave the house and what you what you should be doing is just hang, you know not paying attention to it but then you have all the tiny Tina flashbacks from the twilight zone and you look at the thing and you're like that thing just looked at me (laughs) i know it just looked at me i know it just looked at me so then you take that and you push that further out and you find the smallest child in the house which was my niece at the time and you scare the shit out of them by putting a michael jackson tape in it and having it sing beat it by with the eyes moving and the mouth moving (laughs) and scaring and and damaging children by playing those music music tapes through a talking doll so, yeah, well, Claptrap so, Clap Trap does do a Michael Jackson impersonation in yeah, Borderlands 2, so maybe like, you're right. Look at me, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. Right. <laughs> yep, see? You have like 400 bucks, though. Yeah. I'm confused Four, by that, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I thought it was crazy when I used to see those $150 Call right. of Duty packages right. with, with like right. the recon, with, with the drone and all that right. stuff. And Night vision goggles. 400 bucks. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that Ew. if they just put out the Claptrap remote controlled toy for 400 bucks they probably would have sold those like the fact that it's mm-hmm. a game bundle is kind of secondary to the whole thing i bet people just <laughs> right. would have bought that you know yeah right. that's that's a good point yeah that's yeah. a good point because i can't front 400 bucks for a talking walking robot is kind of dope <laughs> even though it's evil so so are you so i guess the question um that i have for everybody is uh are you guys excited for for um to play borderlands on on your new consoles um, I guess Jeff, I'll go. To, I'll go to you first. Well, I think I'm personally not super excited. I sort of feel like I've 
played enough Borderlands for now. Sure. But I totally agree with you that it is awesome that their uh, cross-save works for this because people put in tons of hours into those games. And the idea that you could just pick it right up and keep going on the new right. console, that's fantastic. And kudos right. to them for that. Um, I think this was kind of inevitable. When it when that game was announced for current gen, I felt like, yeah, well, count down the days till we get the up you know, <laughs> next gen announcement. And sure. So I, I don't think it surprises me, and I'm glad that these games are available that way and that you can pick right up. But for me personally, it's I'm not hugely excited. Yeah. <laughs> Reef? Yeah, I'm along the same lines as Chef. I'm glad that they're doing this, but being that I have both Borderlands 1 and 2 on PC and I can, you know, put it on whatever, like, crazy resolution and, you know, downloadable packs and that kind of stuff on them. Like, for me personally, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, even though I can't download a walking t- claptrap through a Steam, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's one thing about, you know, you know, just... Just like doing most of the next, I guess, quote unquote, next gen gaming on PC, which is what I do, is that, you know, you just always have access to this stuff. But you won't, you don't have the pre sequel though, bro. I don't have, I'm, I mean, I could get it. I, I don't have it. I'm, I'm not the biggest Borderlands fan, to be honest. What? Um, I have played the first two and I, I, uh, they just don't hook me like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're enjoyable, but like, they're not like, I, you know, they're not my thing. I can appreciate that. I will also yeah. say that you hate America. But, but, uh, <laughs> what do you, what you, do you, you think freedom. about that, Kai? Uh, but but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like wearing a flag pin, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Then yeah. you definitely don't love America. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited for it, um, weirdly. I'm usually not one to, to really kind of dig back into games. And it's weird, too, because games like that are too big. Like, right. I'm too old now. I don't have enough time to play stuff like that in a real way. Um but I would hope that they were spending some time on making a new one as opposed to, you know, putting this out. But not really. It doesn't look like Well, they're happening. doing both. They're doing both. Yeah. So they, Borderlands 3 has been more than teased. Um, but, uh, yeah. But in the meantime, to kind of wet your whistle. Yeah. Okay. You've got the handsome, the handsome collection. All right. I, I will, we'll see what happens with it. I do appreciate the cross-save stuff. I wish that that was something that more companies would do, though. I think that's something that they should really try to figure out. And that was the reason why... I didn't rebuy stuff, uh, my um, uh, Walking Dead stuff. Right. Because I played that on PS3 and couldn't transfer that stuff over to PS4. So I basically gave up on my story. So, Lee, peace, Lee. <laughs> uh, Bye, Lee. Right. Dave Fenoy needs you, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dave Fenoy. Um, I, I, you know what? Actually, I will say the same thing that, that Jeff and Reef, well, more, more what Jeff said, um, cause I like the things that he has to say, um, less than what Reef said, um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, so the, so the thing that may make me buy this is just supporting the fact that they are willing to do cross saves, um, I know that if I do buy it, I won't play it because part of the fun of what Borderlands is, is playing with your friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just don't know if there is going to be enough. Like, I don't know if I really want to make new friends to play this game because I'm not going to invest enough time to actually finish them. Um, But but like, I really I really want to show my appreciation to Gearbox for for you know being bold enough and taking the time to figure out how cross saves can work 
Um, so, so, you know, from that, from that perspective, I like, you know, I just, I want to do something. I want to make it right with them. Um, but you know, I'm just not, I, you know, I know that I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm not going to have the time to play this game. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, You just made that sound like you went to go get cigarettes and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make it right with Gearbox. You know, I miss you Gearbox. He said he smelled me later and he never smelled me again. Um, but, but, um. But like yeah, so right now my 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 Borderlands fix is being thoroughly quenched by Telltale. Um, I played uh, episode one of Tales from the Borderlands uh, on on our Spawn for Good stream, and it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. The Borderlands universe and what they do with the the writing in that is is genuinely funny, and I really enjoy it. and And I think I'm gonna have a great time with. Uh, with with Borderlands, the tales from the Borderlands with Telltale. Nice, so. nice, nice. So, so the last question I have for you, Jeff, before we boogie up out of here for episode forty-seven, is if there was any game that you could bring back as a remaster for your next-gen console, what would it be? Mm. Not, uh, not named Mass Effect. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not a huge yeah, Mass that. Effect fan. I oh, know. get out of here! What? I know. I'm sorry. I, uh-huh. I'm not. I have I have major problems with all three of the Mass Effects. Oh wow. man. Uh, sorry, I just ruined. It was, it was going so well, and now I'm right, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> just starting to like you. Worst show ever. <laughs> uh, I think I would say the. I'll tell you the first game that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Crackdown. Ooh, good one. The original. That's an interesting one. Why? Yeah, yeah the, the second one, one not good, yeah. but right. the first yeah. one, really, really good. Um, but again, I think that game was already in HD. I, I want to think of one that was not in HD that would be an awesome like HD remake um boy but yeah I'm a huge fan of the first crackdown and I'm very yeah. excited for crackdown 3 I hope it yeah. finds its way back to the charm of the original right yeah um, yeah if they can figure out that magic formula formula which is interesting too because the, it seems like most games now the the good thing about crackdown was it made you collect things when you didn't really feel like you were collecting things right you didn't you weren't doing the like find all these pigeons around the world (laughs) kind of thing you were like no i need these orbs to make myself better it's actually making me be a better character in the game right yeah yeah i thought about that game a lot too while i was playing uh dying light because you know that dude doesn't break any legs when he falls off of stuff (laughs) right (laughs) Um, no fall damage yeah i mean the great thing about the great thing about crackdown as we reminisce is uh that not only was it a really great game, it snuck up on everybody because yeah. everyone bought Crackdown mm-hmm. to get access to the Halo Two beta, right. yep. and right. and it was just like it was like um, it was like Zone of the Enders. Right. Everyone Zone bought of Zone of the Enders so that they could play that snippet of Metal Gear Solid. Right. And yeah. then you know you came for you came for Halo Two, and I think yeah. I think comparatively, Crackdown was much better than Zone of the Enders, and Zone of the Enders was fun, um, but uh, Crackdown Crackdown yeah. was you know take the down off of it because it was just <laughs> yeah. you know, show me the receipts, Diane. No, that is one of my favorite parts of gaming. That was getting that unexpected thing because I remember buying the orange box, which most people oh, yeah. for a uh, Half Life. Yeah. And just getting into Portal and uh, you oh, know, just, just not expecting that game to take over my life the way it did. Right. I mean, yeah, Jesus. totally. For sure. Yeah. 
So we have hit the end of episode 47. This has been a ridiculously awesome episode. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for being with us this episode and coming through to Bricago. You are now a resident of Bricago. Nice. We have welcomed you in with open arms. I don't know if we can say after that Mass Effect conversation, but (laughs) when I said that part, then I'll have to come back. I'll have to come back. We'll have a whole Mass Effect conversation. But uh, I really, I had a blast, guys. This is really, really fun. Thanks so much for inviting me, and uh, we got to get you guys on my shows and 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 stuff. This is this is really really fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks. That would be super dope. Yeah, I I wish we could do a totally rad fist bump, but I don't think the video. (laughs) uh, I don't think the video would uh, work here, but. yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I wanted to uh, thank you as well because, like, when I first started getting into podcasts and on-demand stuff, like, Totally Rad was really one of the first shows where, like, I was like, "This is geek stuff, and it's cool, and mm-hmm. it's nuanced, and awesome. it's awesome." So I think that you've really um, done a great job pushing, you know, gaming industry and podcasting in general, just like forward. Oh, thanks, and, man. That means a lot to me. I appreciate. Yeah, that. and uh, keep it going. I'll try. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You guys too, man. This is a really fun show. Great, really, really great. You guys are fantastic. Thanks, man. Oh, Thanks. Thank you, man. Uh, see, you bust out the social media business for well, the people. I, well, I guess first, what we have to do is we have to ask our guest uh, Jeff if uh, the people, you know, if people are like me who have been hiding under podcasting rocks for their entire lives and don't know who you are and just discovered who you are and wanted to follow you because you are fucking dope. <laughs> um, where can they see you? Um, obviously you're on like seven other podcasts. Um, so like, you know, lay it out, lay it out, you know, shamelessly plug yourself. Uh, you uh check so out, that the people can know. Check out I'm fucking dope.com. There it is. <laughs> I, I actually own that URL so you can pay me and then I'll give it to you. I wish I owned that URL. Uh, no, the, the easiest way to, to, to follow my exploits is follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, at Jeff Canada. That's with two N's and one T. Uh, I do a video game, weekly video game show every Monday. It's on the 5x5 network. You can find it at 5x5.tv slash DLC. Uh, and the We Have Concerns we talked about, it's at wehaveconcerns.com. And the slash filmcast is at slash filmcast.com. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. And all, awesome. all of those are on iTunes? All those are on iTunes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Dopeness. Um, yeah. Also, also um, great job on the uh, traveling in space, the uh, oh, audio book. Oh, yeah. Also, also dope stuff. That's um, awesome. Thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, like, I'm always in- interested in like sci-fi stuff, especially when it comes to sort of the culture of aliens versus the culture of people and sort of like what would happen and like that kind of stuff kind of beyond the shooting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I thought it was really dope. Thanks man. Um, wow. Thank you. I appreciate job, that. So. Yeah. yeah. Reef Reef knows all the things about science. We, we, we like try to touch him to see what it's like to be in space. We're like, Reef, <laughs> let us know what Stardust feels like. He's like, let me, <laughs> let, let me, let me tell you my son. Let me tell you my child what this is really about. And, and if you want to go to sciencelooksgood.com or right. Well, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Um, Check it out. So yeah. So social media business is as follows. Um, our, uh, you know, first off Reef, thanks a lot for, uh, for coming back. Absolutely. You are our minister of no finance. Um, so, you know, thanks for thanks for coming back. And if you right. guys want to follow uh, Sharif Jackson on Twitter, if you're not already, it's af- at Sharif Jackson. Um, and make sure you go to SharifJackson.com or ScienceLooksGood.com to learn about how Stardust feels. 
um, and all sorts of other sciencey things such as that. Uh, remember, yes. every Tuesday when you're downloading um, the Spawn on Me podcast to download Operation Cubicle, where Sharif Jackson is uh, locked up with his co-host JP Fairfield, and they ch- they tackle uh, the geeky and corporate side of one topic along with dope hip hop. Um, yes. So make sure you check that out and go to opcube.net or is it operationcube.net? Operationcubicle.net. Operationcubicle.net. I fucked it up. There you go. <laughs> so, um, social media expert. Yes, yes, home. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, our social media business, uh, our great captain, Khalif Adams, is at Kajakins on Twitter. Uh, the the fucker up of all names, Cicero Holmes, that's me, is at Stubby Stan. Um, the show is at Spawn on Me. The site is at Spawn Point Blog. Remember to like and subscribe to our Facebook pages. Uh, you can't subscribe to them. You can just like them, though. Um, the Spawn Point Gaming Blog and the Spawn on Me podcast. Go to iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and like and subscribe and and um, and rub, you know, rub stardust in your body. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, do do all that shit. Rate, review, tell your friends. Do all that other stuff. Um, play some iDarb. See our names. Um, you know, big up. Who was it? Oh, so Chuck Chuck's Buster. Chuck's the, Buster at Chuck's, Chuck's Buster is the first person to first person send us a picture of our logo in iDarb. In iDarb. So we, like we said, we are going to do. If you send us a picture of our logo that is in the game, right. you, we will shout you out on the show. So this is the first shout out that goes to that to that. Shout it out! Shout it out! Uh, so, right. but uh, yeah, so yeah, so make sure you you do all that stuff. Um, you know, so again, uh, rate and review. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Really helps out. Um, find us on um, on the email. Email us questions. <laughs> the feedback. Email. Find us on the emails. <laughs> right. Find us on our emails, son. Find us Feed- on the abacus. Right. Uh, feedback at the spawnpointblog.com. Uh, Dan at the spawnpointblog.com. Cicero at the spawnpointblog.com. And Khalif at the spawnpointblog.com. Um, speak, pipe it up. If you have any questions, you want to leave us any comments, uh, tell us how wonderful we are, whatever. Um, go to speak, pipe. Slash one on me, and you can do that right there. Um, and and oh, and Dan the Robot on Twitter. Yep. There you go. So, lastly, before we boogie up out of here, um, we made our payments, uh, all yes, the money that you all donated, uh, to both the Erica Garner Fund, um, and the New York League of Lawyers. I think I got that right. No, the New York it's, Lawyers Guild. Lawyers yeah, Guild. I Lawyers always, Guild. I always screw that. I always botch that. Sorry. <laughs> you, <they're, laughs> you're trying to turn them into a super. I mean, they are superheroes, but they are not like they're not in the Hall of Justice. <laughs> we we in between like fake twin towers. <laughs> stupid. So so we so we made we made the donations to both of those causes this week with the money that you all donated for Spawn for Good. So we again want to thank you all for for taking the time out, taking the time out to listen, to watch, to stream to hang with us and to donate your hard-earned cash uh, to these wonderful causes. Um, I just got a message from Erica the other day, and she was very, very thankful for uh, basically being able to use this money for her family, uh, for all the craziness that has happened to her family over this past six to eight months or so. Um, 
So I guess that's it. We're gonna no, be that's a- not it. What? That's not it. So what, what? I, will, I will say, um, first off, you know, in reference to that, it's it's quite a powerful image to be able to go to somebody's GoFundMe page and to see uh, your podcast, um, this thing that you've worked so hard on over the last year, and and the thing that you worked so hard over um, over that weekend um, to see twenty seven hundred dollars um added to the fund to help help you know a worthy cause so that i mean that was touching that was great and you know thanks so much everybody again um you know i'll never stop thanking you guys for that because that that was you know fucking amazing so thank you again um for that um and you know while we're while we're thanking people and before we go um you know this is a special one for me and i actually may get a little emotional about this um today is my son's 18th birthday and i just wanted to say son i love you i love you so much happy birthday man i know you're not gonna hear this but uh you know it's there forever man and you know nothing so so this show i always i always say that one of the greatest things i've ever done uh is is become a member of Bricago. The greatest thing I ever done, I've ever done, was become your father. Um, I love you so much. It's a beautiful thing, so, man. That's awesome. All, that's awesome, dude. We love you, man. I love you, man. Word. And on that note, we are going to boogie up out of here. It was a wonderful show. Thank yeah. you all for listening. Thank you all for coming back every week. We love you all. And we say peace. 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 A few moments after recording this episode, we learned that Andrew Yoon died tragically in an accident. Spending time with Jeff made us reflect fondly on the countless hours we spent listening to Weekend Confirmed, of which Andrew was a contributing member. On behalf of the Spawn Army family and all of Bricago, his loved ones have our most sincere condolences.